Hello, and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. In the various aspects of her life and vocation, Genesis Castillo always tries to find ways to acknowledge the diversity of human experiences. She currently works in the life-giving profession as a nurse in labor and delivery, and has previous experience caring for the sick and the dying as a medical surgical nurse. And when she's not taking care of others, Genesis can usually be found behind the camera documenting family stories through photos. Through all of these moments and experiences, Genesis has seen how important patience is and how that helps to shape her personal feminine genius. In this episode, we talk about the work Genesis does as a nurse, how she got into documentary photography, and the call within a call that she's experienced in her marriage vocation. Hello, Genesis. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for inviting me today. My pleasure. Thank you. It's so wonderful to finally meet with you and collaborate with you. I'm quite familiar with your photography work, being that we're both in the Archdiocese of Vancouver. So it really is my pleasure to finally be able to sit down with you. And I was wondering maybe to start off, if you could share with our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do right now. So my name is Genesis Castillo. I am happily married to Matthew for three years now. I am a registered nurse and a documentary family photographer. So part of my faith journey is that something that I've been trying to pursue and continue to pursue is Christ's call for me. And my journey began when I was asking the Lord where he was leading me within my vocation. I've always thought marriage was all about having children to have a family, but after a year and a half into marriage, God was asking me to trust him. I've been working as a registered nurse for seven years. For the majority of my career, I was working as a medical surgical nurse at Vancouver General Hospital. But since Matthew and I moved to Richmond, I knew that was really important for me to work closer to home if ever we do have children. And so this sparked my interest to move to Richmond Hospital and to seek where God was leading me in my profession. So last year, I switched to a completely different field in my career, from caring for the sick and dying to now bringing life into the world as a maternity nurse. At the same time, as I was pursuing my vocation in my profession, God led me to my passion in photography. And this is where I knew that God was really calling me in my vocation because of all the fruits that have come from it. That's so wonderful. I know you touched on this a little bit in terms of your vocation, but I was wondering if you could share a little bit about your journey with your faith, maybe from young up until like where you are now. Sure. So I have been Catholic since I was born, pretty much (laughs) raised into the faith. And I went to St. Patrick's Elementary and High School, very active in the church through many ministries part of Youth for Christ, or Couples for Christ Youth, and Singles, and now into Couples for Christ with Matthew. I really think that my family and all of these 
resources and communities have really supported me in my faith journey. I can't say for sure if my education at St. Patrick's Elementary or High School really formed that because from what I've seen, a lot of my classmates didn't continue on in their faith or have fallen away. And so I praise God for my family and for all of these communities to keep me grounded in the faith. And I also thank my husband. He really challenges me every day to really strive to love God more and to be a saint or to, to at least work towards being a saint. Absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that you had community that has really followed you throughout your life, I can imagine that it is a very integral part of our own journey, just because we know that we should never be practicing the faith alone. And what a powerful way it is to be able to journey, not just like on your own or just like with your family, but also with so many other people who are really like striving for holiness in the same way that you are. Yeah, definitely. Because without everyone, I think it would be very difficult for someone to, to journey. And the Catholic faith really emphasizes is on the unity of the whole church, you know, with all the, the saints in heaven and everyone here on earth. I think we really wouldn't be able to do this alone. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to nursing, because you would mention that you started just helping the sick and, and the dying. And now, of course, you're working in maternity and labor and delivery. When it comes to nursing, was that something that you always wanted to do? I remember back in grade eight, I wanted to be a teacher, I guess because of my experience as a teacher in catechism and being in CFC youth, those helped me have that desire to teach and to to be surrounded by children. Mm-hmm. And then it was actually not until grade nine when a teacher told me to go beyond being a teacher and I can't remember how, <laughs> and to teach in other ways too. I don't know why, but there was something maybe that they saw in me. And so nursing came throughout high school. I already had that desire to be a nurse. And then in my education as a nurse, I really wanted to go into pediatrics because I already had that desire. And I was volunteering at these children's and doing all of these things to lead me to become a pediatric nurse. And then when I got to that part of my clinical experience, I realized I couldn't see children when they were sick. And Mm. it really broke my heart. And so I ended up forming my training surrounding adult care and building a foundation in my medical surgical experience, which is mostly where nurses start. I ended up staying there for six years at BGH, (laughs) but I think that helped me gain a lot of experience. And what really led me to now becoming a maternity nurse, to come back to that desire, working with or caring for for children, and these are small babies. Yeah, and I'm hoping that it will open more doors to caring for or teaching even children in the communities, like in public health, where mm-hmm. it's more of a preventative standpoint, teaching mothers the basic needs of baby and the child. And so I guess even if my first desire or career choice was to be a teacher, 
I really see that throughout my career as a nurse. And I think what's so wonderful about that is that desire that God had placed on your heart to teach, but I feel like in many ways is also to, at this point in your life, and maybe your, your vocation as a woman, that spiritual motherhood piece as well, to be able to journey with different kinds of people, regardless of their age. And given your nursing practice so far, just the amounts and the variety of people that you're able to meet. And as you move forward, like you said, working with very young babies and that desire to like further the connection that maybe mothers have when it comes to caring for their children and helping to educate them. I find that to be very beautiful. You know, this might be my own simplistic understanding of nursing, but absolutely, there are so many opportunities to teach. And it's something that like, it's not until now that we're chatting about it, that I'm kind of like, oh, wait, there is an opportunity to teach. Yeah, definitely. And I think most people think that nurses are just to care for the sick and they go on their merry way. But it's all really about making sure that they take care of themselves. We really want to lean towards prevention rather than always healing or intervening. So there is that spectrum in in nursing care that we have to incorporate in all types of nursing that we're we're preventing and and that we're also treating at the same time. Mm -hmm. At the time that we're recording this, we're still in the midst of a global pandemic. Babies are still being born, regardless of the pandemic. They do not discriminate in that way. And I was curious to know what your experience has been like being in those types of situations where you have to be calm for a lot of these parents, act as that calm and steady force, recognizing that it's already a stressful situation in and of itself, not to mention that we're in the middle of a pandemic. So what has that been like for you? When it comes to labor and delivery, we really try to aim to have a normal, natural delivery, and we allow labor to happen naturally. And to do that, we have to provide a lot of support and encouragement to women because anxiety and stress can really affect a woman in their labor progress, aside from other things. But we're really blessed in the way that here in Canada or specifically in our hospitals here in BC that we really do one-to-one care and so they're constantly at the women's side to support that and with all of this pandemic happening we can see how stressed these families and mothers are they're saying that they're stuck at home the more that they count down to the days that their baby is born and so they do come with that anxiety And those questions like, will it affect my baby? Will this affect me? And all of these things that will affect their labor in general. And so I think it's very important for our role to to be that support for that natural labor. In terms of perhaps the biggest blessings that you've seen in your nursing up until this point, would you be able to share a few of those with us? In my old area, I think the blessings that I had there was that I had time to really interact with the patients and to see them for who they are, even beyond their illnesses mm. and the medical treatments that we were doing, you know, and their conditions. And so I think that was a blessing to to see them as humans. And here in uh, labor and delivery, it's a little bit different because they're not sick and they're not defined by illness. But what I really appreciate is just the the connection that we have, labor and delivery. It became very medicalized. 
that women were pretty much strapped down and medicine make things happen and so I really appreciate just that interaction because it really goes beyond the nursing care. One of the things that we learned in nursing that people I don't think really appreciated because it was like a a fluffy course was (laughs) (laughs) the interpersonal relationships that we have and I think even just the term nursing comes from a nurturing so I think that would be what I would say is the greatest blessing. That's right. And as you're mentioning it, just kind of dawns on me, like, yeah, nursing and, and nurture and just how it really is innate in our feminine nature as well, like to really see the other person, to value them, to really build on those interpersonal skills, like you're saying, and, and ultimately to nurture other women, like given our own abilities to empathize with people and to journey with them. That's so beautiful just to be able to witness life being delivered on a regular basis. We get to celebrate a birthday every day. <laughs> a real birthday. <laughs> That's right. Aside from the wonderful nursing vocation that you have and celebrating life, celebrating these beautiful milestones in a woman or in a family's life, I know that you also celebrate life in another way. And you were mentioning that you have this passion and also you're very gifted in this area of photography. And I was curious to know how you got into photography and what sparked that love for you. Well, it's funny that while I was training for labor and delivery, I started my hobby in photography, already busy with with school, but yet here I am coming up with extra things. But it really started when my husband and his brothers was starting a wedding photography business. And I really wanted to capture families and people in a different way. I knew right away that I didn't have that same appreciation for staged or prompted style of photography. And so that's why I really wanted to celebrate people and families, relationships, their unique quirks, their bonds between each other. And so I guess that passion and interest really drove me to take my hobby further and to make it into something more. And I think also one of the things is that this was something I was really passionate about that I really wanted other families to know that your family is unique. You have these unique relationships and quirks, and I really want you to have a record of that. Being someone that's also sentimental, I love looking back at old photos and making scrapbooks and stuff like that. And I know families like to do that too, but it's different with photography styles that are posed. Families aren't able to truly see those kinds of relationships or those quirks when they look back at those photos. They might remember it, but one of the reasons why I got into photography and this style of photography is that I want them to see their family as they were at that time. And this might be just because I know that my extent of photography is literally like, let me hold up my iPhone and and try and get a good shot. But in terms of the difference, are you able to provide some insight into your process, for example, like when it comes to taking photos and perhaps directing or maybe not even directing the folks that you are taking photos of? Documentary photography is a style that's been going on for years in journalism. Usually the photographer will go out and photograph events or scenes and tell a story with very limited images and able to capture everything in that 
one image, especially it's like a headline image. And so that photographer does their best to tell that story without manipulating, prompting, or anything. And so it takes a lot of patience and also awareness of what is going on in that scene. I really wanted to bring this style into family photography. So most families consider family photography as a portraiture, you know, those posed or parish directory style (laughs) (laughs) or lifestyle, which is like usually family photos that are taken at home or at a park and the photographer will give them like a prompt to elicit a reaction. And although these are forms of art on its own and they can still be appreciated, I knew that it wasn't enough to capture family members' quirks, relationships, and kids' craziness or... (laughs) Yeah, so like I'm the type that will photograph parents trying to pull their kids for a portrait shot, you know, when their kids are crying or kids are running around. I'm that type to like photograph it happening right before the posed photo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Wow. And like you said, it requires a lot of patience. And I think that that's something that perhaps like does go unnoticed. It's not necessarily that you are just kind of like, you know, waiting for the perfect shot. But it's also having a keen awareness of the room or what's happening in front of you to perhaps not draw too much attention to yourself and kind of allow for things to unfold without any agenda in mind. Yeah, and like I think that families have their own story to tell. And as a photographer in this style of photography, we don't need to make something happen to get a good shot. It's already happening and we're just there to capture it and to make a memory out of it in the heart of photography. I also like to celebrate what people think as mundane moments Mm -hmm. in everyday life because most families will consider a photographer for like a milestone event. But what I really think that gets missed are the the moments in between these Mm -hmm. milestones where these small details are really what tells the story of these individuals and their families. And then these are the memories that I think families will want to also remember. It's great to remember the milestones, especially those big birthdays or a sacrament that they receive, but to remember their children back at this time. It's almost like when families would take photos at home pretty much that's what it is it's just like taking home photos but at least everyone is in the photo not just the mom that's always taking the photo and they're never in the photo and so because I think that mom is really part of the family it like needs to be part of the family needs to be part of the photo and you want to remember that Mm -hmm. yeah That's so true. Yeah. (laughs) I can see that in my own parents sometimes too, where it's like sometimes there'll be swaths of photos that we have where one parent is missing because typically they are the ones behind the camera. So that is really amazing that you're providing that opportunity for everybody to be captured in that shot or in that moment in time. Do you have a particular photo, a memory or a shoot that comes to mind when you think of this is the embodiment of what I've done or what I am doing as a documentary family photographer? There is this one that's on my website of my nephew and he is hiding underneath my mother-in-law's shirt. And while she was 
cooking and doing stuff, he's playing around under her shirt. And you can <laughs> see his face being, what do you call it? The shirt was really showing his face and he's playing <laughs> around. And you can see my mother-in-law, I guess she's so used to it. She just continues to cook. And I just think that moment was just hilarious. And I actually took that photo on my phone. Like I took a few shots because then the kid was doing it few times and so I was able to move to include the kitchen to show her working doing something while he was playing and I just think that that's just how families are like kids mm -hmm. are just being themselves and and I really appreciate that and you can see the hard work that parents or grandparents put in to care for the children and that kind of bond even though it seems like she's not paying attention to him but she allows him and she didn't get mad at him to right. while he was doing that and I just really <laughs> wanted to capture that oh that's so beautiful <laughs> well I'll be sure to share a link to it in the episode description but I think just like more and more as we're having this conversation Genesis like I am keenly aware of the fact that like I alluded to earlier this connection that you have in your own life and just like the work that you do as well as the gifts that God has given you in terms of being able to celebrate life in all aspects, whether it is that huge milestone of like welcoming a life into the world and then your amazing photography work and being able to capture milestone as well as the in-between moments. And then of course your experiences with people at their last stages of life you know just to see that continuity and how you're able to give of yourself to people of all stages is really wonderful and I guess like just to close would you be able to comment on how you've seen your feminine genius develop throughout your life and the work that you do so like I was saying that in my vocation in my marriage with with Matthew we were hoping to have a family sooner but God really has led me to offer my heart, my love, my care, my talents, my entire being in the things that I do in my life. I saw that God was really showing me to be a mother in so many ways. Although I can't compare myself to mothers who I truly honor for all the love and work that they do for their children and their families, I know that God has called me to allow my unique feminine genius to really flourish through my profession as a nurse and through my, my passion in documentary family photography. Yeah, so I think that these aspects in my life are what makes me who God is calling me to be. Being married and reaching that vocation shouldn't stop me there. That mindset that marriage is just for family, but no, God calls us to utilize this vocation in so many ways and to go beyond what we thought we were called to do but there's so much more that God is calling us to do. Amen. I love that. Thank you so much Genesis. I really appreciate that take that you have on the vocation of marriage and ultimately that higher calling that all of us are called to regardless of our vocation but just as children of God. So thank you so much. Um, I really thank Mother Teresa for that quote that she gave answering the call within a call, our vocation. And I think that is what God has been calling us to, is to, to seek for those things, to trust in Him, you know, to really be patient and to allow things to unfold naturally and not force things to happen, which is what you're doing in my job, in my photography, is to you know, allow God to, to work through us and to also give back and thank Him. Mm -hmm, for sure. 
Wonderful. Would you be able to lead us in a closing prayer? Sure. Let's bless God from the presence of our Lord as his name, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father God in heaven, Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, we praise you and thank you so much for the gifts that you've given to us, whether it is our work, our family, our home, for all these blessings. Despite all the things that are happening in this world, Lord, you always show us the fruits that come out of the good things that people do and the things that we do in our, our lives. Lord, we ask you to bless us, to strive to seek your call for us in our vocations, to lead us in what we are passionate about, and to also give back the glory through the things that we do. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for everything that you have given to us. In this we pray. Amen. Genesis, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Rachel, so much. I really, really appreciate that you've done this podcast. So thank you. Thank you again to Genesis Castillo for joining me on the Feminine Genius Podcast today. You can see the photo that Genesis referred to in this episode in the show notes, which I've linked below. And you can also learn more about Genesis by checking out her website, genesisdarwin.com, and by following her on Instagram, at genesis.darwin. I highly recommend checking out her work. On her website, she has a reel that shows the labor and delivery of a baby that she documented, and it honestly moved me to tears. So please check out those links. I've left them in the episode description below. You can stay up to date with The Feminine Genius by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at FemGeniusPod. And please listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and many other platforms. And you can also learn more about us by checking out our website, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless always.